Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm jacked up to be here today. This episode is going to be extremely helpful to avoid a major pitfall in your future business if you have not already experienced it yet. Why do good cleaners go out of business? But before I do, funny story coming your way. 2020, the year of COVID, has changed many things in my cleaning system. I have added a tremendous level of disinfection protocol. I have a confession to make. In the first 14 and a half years of cleaning, I did not wear gloves except for when I had extreme chemicals like oven cleaner. I did. But for the most part, no gloves, bare skin. To my credit, the cleaning products I use are eco-friendly. But that doesn't mean that they're good for my skin long term. So the changes I've made in 2020 for the sake of protecting against pathogens also is a great idea for me long term to handle any kind of a chemical. It's great to wear gloves. And so gloves is a new phenomenon for me. So this story is a bit embarrassing to say the least. Do you know the guy goes to the bathroom, walks out, and something is streaming behind him in the wind? It's white, it's long, and it's flapping in the wind. You know what that is? Yes, it's called toilet paper. It's not a streamer that you bought at the party outlet. He stepped on a piece of toilet paper, comes out of the bathroom, stuck to the bottom of his shoe. Classic joke, right? Guy walking out of the bathroom with toilet paper. Okay, this one is along the same lines. It's not graphic, I promise you, but I will tell you that it's along the same room of the house, so to speak. So, going to the restroom as a male, I need to unzip the front so that I can take care of business. This should not be anything earth-shattering to you in news. Hope I'm not making this now a PG-13, because it's not. But to go to the bathroom, I have to unzip my pants. Great. So here's what happened. After going to the bathroom, I realized something. I had zipped my right glove in the bottom of the zipper. So now my right glove is stuck in the zipper. My arm is now stuck. Oh, jeez. So I take my free left hand and I start trying to zipper it back up. And in the process, I get my left glove stuck in the zipper on the top side. So here I am. I've got my left hand glove stuck above the zipper and I've got the right hand glove stuck below the zipper. Both of my arms are now stuck to my pants. This is not a fun scene. What to do, what to do. Okay, so I slip the right hand out of the glove. Excellent. So now I've got this glove dangling off my pants like I'm an elephant. And then I try to unzip the glove and it's stuck. And so I say, okay, I'm going to have to get the other hand loose also. 
I'm able to extract my other glove out, and now I've got two gloves hanging from my pant zipper. So now I went from an elephant with a trunk to now I am Dumbo with two big floppy ears hanging off my zipper. That was embarrassing, and I won't tell you it took me about 10 minutes to figure out, but I was in the bathroom for a while trying to get rubber gloves out of my zipper. That was an embarrassing story. So now let's turn back the clock. 2006. I am so thankful for the conversation that I had with Patty. Let's set the scene first. Patty was an executive for an apartment property management company with 13 complexes. I was cleaning for two of them, and I wanted to grow my solo cleaning business to as many as I could. You see, during early to mid-2006, I drove all over the Capital District of New York to knock on the doors of small offices, apartment complexes, builders, to drum up some business. I had testimonials and information packs. I handed them out. All in all, when I was finished by the end of the summer, I had personally knocked on the doors and interacted with over 300 people at front desks and passed out well over 50 information packs. Now, this led to one more apartment complex, one builder to hire me from one or two jobs, and one new office. Seems like a complete waste of my time, right? Until you tally up the lifetime value of the one office. Watch this. I cleaned that law firm from 2006 to 2018 when I sold the business, and I earned over $80,000 in revenue from that one client. So yeah, it was worth that spring and summer of passing on information packs. I just wanted you to see the mode of growth I was in back in 2006. See, we were struggling so badly with money that I was willing to do whatever it took. And so when I walked into one of the complexes that I was cleaning that spring, Patty was there. I was excited. I knew who she was. I knew that I had interacted with all 13 of her complexes, and obviously she did too, because I knew she was the decision maker. I knew that she had the ability to hire me for some more of these complexes, but I never got a chance to ask her a question. Here's why. She approached me right away and shocked me with this advice, and it has forever changed my business. Here's what Patty said to me that day. Ken, I know that you want more complexes. I've been hearing from our property managers that you've been visiting, but I'm not going to give you any more right now because I don't want to lose you. See, Patty had my attention, and then she continued, Do you know why good cleaners like you go out of business? They can't say no, and they take on more than they can do. They get further and further behind. They don't know how to properly hire employees to take off some workload. They start dropping in quality, missing commitments, lose trust, lose reputation, lose money, and we have to let them go. These good businesses eventually go out of business if they don't change. And we have to constantly replace contractors just like you. It's time-consuming. Ken, 
You're doing a great job for our two complexes. Keep it up and truly decide if you want and can handle more. Patty's message hit me right between the eyes. It was a turning point for me in my early cleaning business. I was only pursuing apartment complexes because we needed money. But really, this conversation forced me to think about why I was selecting apartment complexes. It's what I started with. We got an apartment complex when Brett, the property manager where we live, said, Teresa, you clean. Do you want to clean our apartments? That's how we got started with apartment complexes. That's all I thought I could do. I didn't realize there was more. But here's the reality. I hated apartment complexes. They paid terrible. The hours were awful. I would often batch three to four apartments overnight after cleaning all day and then end up sleeping on the floor on top of my bag or vacuum cleaner. They were unpredictable. They were feast or famine. Zero one month, five a next, 25 another month. It's crazy. It's hard to plan. They were dirty. They required a lot of thinking, planning, and mental time. So I never did add the third complex. I took this revelation and veered down another path instead. I started growing and stabilizing my company with recurring weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly houses fueled by my new relationship with the realtors and stagers of Caldwell Banker Prime Property in the Capital District of New York. So thank you to the many people like Jill Den that helped me early on in understanding real estate. And that real estate work, it was tough. It was also dirty, but it had a purpose. It opened up doors to the simple clockwork recurring houses. And I also learned from these realtors and stagers the niche that I still do today, presentation cleaning. And I applied it to house and office cleaning to build my reputation in the upstate of New York for my first cleaning business. Over the years, I have taken on projects that have been huge. Although Patty's advice rung in my ears from that 2006 conversation, I did turn toward the lure of the big money promises and the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But however, each time it hurt my main recurring business of servicing houses. You see, I had opportunities to clean a library, a school, a Olympic-sized pool, to do a college campus administration building, which was gigantic. I had commercial builders. I had all kinds of stuff that came to me that looked so amazing. I remember getting paid for that college administration building. It was almost $3,000 of the biggest check I've ever gotten. But guess what? It took them six to seven weeks to get me the check after I spent a month cleaning it. So when you break it down hour by hour, I probably made about 25 bucks an hour. And I had to find friends to help me clean because I needed more people. So I probably ended up close to losing money and then had to wait six weeks, seven weeks for the check. It did take me a few years for Patty's lesson to really sink in. I know I heard it that first day and I did move on from apartment complexes. But you just never know when you're in this business the opportunities that are going to come to you. And are they always good opportunities? No, they're not. But I can tell you that by 2009, I stopped trying to hit the Grand Slam and worked on building my company slow and steady with walks 
and singles. And this is, again, when I truly started stabilizing my solo cleaning business to gain the peace of mind that I have today. And I just got to tell you, I've been in the coaching and consulting world within our industry for four years now. And I cannot tell you how many times I get a question like this. Hey, Ken, how would you price for a 30,000 square foot office or a chain of banks or a multi-building disinfection project? or a giant warehouse, or a mansion, whatever the question would be. It's something that is way bigger than they can handle because it's typically a solo cleaner or a very small business with one or two employees asking me this question. And I know from my experience, it's going to take a team of people. So here's the questions that I ask in reply. What is your goal? Are you looking to hire employees, work nights, invest in equipment, increase your insurance coverage, etc., etc. And after they hear my questions, it recenters them and they realize that maybe these amazing opportunities are more of a distraction than a true opportunity. Because I know with that warehouse, with that 30,000 square foot office, with that chain of banks, with that multi-building disinfection project is... It's a surefire way to cause a good cleaner to go out of business, just like what Patty was telling me all those years ago. Because what happens is just like Patty said, that business will overpromise, underdeliver, suffer declining quality because they cannot say no. And I learned a valuable lesson from Patty that day. And I am forever thankful. Yes, it may have taken me a few years to truly and fully implement. But now I am not swayed by these distractions. I don't mind saying no to something that looks great. To say yes to the things that fit inside of the wheelhouse that I have into my niche, into my expertise. Because when I focus on the things that I'm best at, I get recurring income And I get a lot of it. And that is what I am after. And so I want to leave you with this. I am the patty of sorts to you. I hope you don't go down this path too. Unless you truly want to pursue it for a reason and with employees. Well, all right. That wraps up today's episode. Ooh, that was a bit of a tough one, huh? Did you learn anything from Patty? I'm sure you did. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. <laughs>